This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Plus CBD by CV Sciences. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD oil to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new product from Plus CBD, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels. They provide higher levels of CBD for the greatest impact on everyday health. And with pre-measured servings and no hemp flavor, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels are a no-mess, no-fuss way to take advantage of CBD's myriad of benefits. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN for 20% off. That's pluscbdoil.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. With me today, Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence. We work together on a daily basis, and she and I will endeavor to answer your queries. Hit us with your best shots. Fire away. And how are you doing today, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? It's cold out. It is cold. And, uh, you know, I have to say that I uh, squeezed out a run this morning, uh, despite the uh, inclement weather. Yeah, but one of the reasons I did that is it's going to get even colder. So I decided, you know, among the days, the next few days, this is the day to get out there and run. And um, and I have to say, I was quite quite warm with, I mean, um, you know, there's this uh, meme that... um, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad equipment, <laughs> you know, and I'm really, uh, ah, yes. I'm really plumbing the depths of equipment uh, this winter as my gym opportunities are limited. So I'm trying to, you know, get outside and uh, exercise in all kinds of adverse conditions. Uh, I just you got, go. uh, you know, for my bike, uh, you, you, you know, as good as gloves as I have, my hands kept getting cold. So I got those. Uh, mitts, you know, they're they're like uh, neoprene mitts that you put around uh, handlebars, and they're kind of like a, a fancy version of what those um, uh, delivery people in Manhattan use. You know, they have like the plastic bags around the handlebars. Oh uh, yes, you know, to keep their hands warm, and then actually yeah. they have a stroller mitts. You know, for uh, the women who are like pushing the strollers, you know, they put their hands yeah. in the, in the mitts, you know, and so you can take. Kids out. So um, I tried it out under some more challenging conditions. Uh, it was 25 degrees on Sunday with a wind chill down. To, it was on Monday, actually, with a wind chill down, took it down to 20. And uh, my wow. hands are pretty good. But um, the ultimate, I'm, I'm actually looking at it here on my iPad. Looks very enticing. Uh, the E-Wool heated glove liner. It's got Ooh. it's battery powered, <laughs> so that well, like really, an electric blanket. Yeah, it's like electric blanket for your hands. I don't know. I mean, I got mm, I don't really have Raynaud's, but I got a tendency for my hands to get uh, really cold. So uh-huh. uh, and it and kind of painful and and numb, you know, after you know forty five minutes or so out there in the cold and so. But I mean the the um, uh, 
those bar mitts work pretty good. So I recommend them for people who are trying to cycle in this cold weather. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, trying to look, my whole theme this year is, uh, you know, conquer the winter, you know, uh, push through the, push through the pandemic and, uh, you know, compensate for yes. the fact that we're very limited in our options. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get to questions, by the way, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. And I'm very happy to say that we have quite an assortment of questions this week. So I'm going to be brief. Uh, headline, NAD can restore age-related muscle deterioration, according to research. Research done at the uh, University of Lausanne in France. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a duh statement. The older we grow, the weaker our muscles get. Um, sure. And it, it's a natural process. And what they say here is that they discovered that uh, the process is not a, is not unlike um, inclusion body myositis. Now, uh, in which our cells uh, develop protein uh, uh, garbage accumulating within the muscles. And it, uh-huh. you, you're a guitarist, so you know Peter Frampton? And Peter Frampton sure. recently had to retire because he has this condition. It's a relatively rare condition, IBM, oh. inclusion body myositis. So he's like the... Um, you know, oh yeah, it, he, he's like the um, celebrity representative for that orphan disease. Uh, anyway, so what they say is that uh, even though we don't, ha- we're not Peter Frampton, we don't have inclusion body myositis as a disease per se. We're, as we age, we're all susceptible to that. And mm-hmm. uh, these aggregates impair mitochondrial function. So what yeah. do they do? They gave... Um, Let's see. Was this this was an animal experiment, uh, and but they actually um, uh, did it in the test tube with human muscle tissue, and they fed the muscle tissue uh, any uh, nicotinamide riboside, and what they oh. found is that they could slow uh, and reverse this. Uh, they, it, they say it led researchers to test nicotinamide riboside in aged mice. I mean, there's nothing mm. as path- pathetic as an aged my- mouse. You know, it's like yes. on the treadmill, they're like, you know, kind of <laughs> puttering on the treadmill. I don't want to become an aged mouse. Um, so they say that uh, this is a promising study that show that drugs that boost mitochondrial quality could therefore be tested in the clinic to reverse these age-related aggregates and rejuvenate tissues. Uh, but so far, it's... Uh, the candidate molecule is nicotinamide riboside, which is our product true niogen that we talk about quite often. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I, I used to say it, it's that stuff is so exciting. Uh, I just, More and more research is coming out about how it slows aging and it can help to energize people. And um, I never I never run out of that stuff because I want to. Yeah. Make sure I have adequate. I was just NAD. talking to a patient this afternoon, Dr. Hoffman, before yeah. our podcast about how important true niogen is. Yeah, that, she she attribu- she had uh, she had pneumonia, not Fatigue, COVID. Pain. Yeah, yeah, and and, and she uh, attributes her, uh, you know, she her energy is restored. She feels much better, and she yes. attributes it to the nicotinamide wraps. It might be that, or it might just be the you know tincture of time after recovering from pneumonia, but. Um, it, you know, mm-hmm. certainly she believes that it's helped her. 
uh, yeah. 79 years old. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get to questions. Oh, by the way, you can find nicotinamide riboside. Uh, it's a little hard to find. Find it uh, by going to drhoffman.com and click on shop and the drop down menu will take you to full script where you can register and you can access supplements uh, that are professional quality supplements, physician prescribed supplements. And uh, there you can get true nitrogen. I recommend 500 uh, at least one or two per day. I take two every morning. So for a thousand. Mm-hmm. A little do you pricey. take that before or after your run? <laughs> uh, I do before. I, uh, you know, and uh, I'm not Excellent. sure that it works, you know, right away. It might be something which, you know, you have to right. take right. on a chronic basis to boost your NAD. Uh, I'm not sure. sure it works like a cup of coffee, you know, like within minutes. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I'm trying to bang it out in the cold. There you go. You are uh, you are intrepid. <laughs> you okay. try to be. <laughs> okay, we've got an email from Kathy. Do you have any recommendations on wearing a mask eight hours a day? My 68-year-old sister says she's getting brain fog from that. Mm-hmm. She's not on meds and she's in good health. Seems like a good way to a slow death. Yeah. Maybe we all need to go in, in a hyperbaric chamber. Well, okay. I mean, several interesting things about that. Um, you know, the, from what I was able to gather, and there have been some studies about whether masks impair oxygenation or conversely increase the buildup of CO2. I mean, there are two ways you can go wrong with your breathing. One is if you don't get enough oxygen. Uh, you know, like if you're on Mount Everest. And the other is if you over uh, accumulate CO2, which is like, you know, breathing into a paper bag. Uh, And it keeps coming back at you. You're not eliminating the CO2, which is possibly has also effects on the brain and on performance. And the thing about most uh, Conventional masks, you know, the cloth masks and the, you know, surgical masks, you know, the little kind of light blue masks that a lot of people are wearing. Uh, they're just not that good at keeping air out uh, or keeping uh, waste products of breathing in. So, yes. uh, however, there are some studies on uh, surgical, like real uh, professional surgical masks, like the N95 mask, that suggest that there there may be impaired performance uh, with those really tight-fitting uh, occluding masks, which, of course, are the best masks for really protecting you from COVID because uh, they really uh, offer a barrier. Um, yes. And, th- and the studies actually it were done pre-COVID and looking at the possibility that uh, the performance of, of um, medical personnel could be impaired because they're wearing these masks. Yeah. Um, and that there really there were some psychomotor impairments due to um, possibly the effects on breathing. Uh, I have to say though that for the average person, the effect is more psychological than uh, physiological. In other words, yeah. you know that 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 feeling of of being constrained, that annoying, uh, you know the the whatever that 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 pressure on your face or or the feeling yeah. of you know that claustrophobia that you get that's i think what makes people 
not like masks. And the other thing is, I mean, I think there's a um, uh, also a, a dimension, like a political dimension to this. So, uh, you know, it, it for some people, it had, takes on the symbolic meaning of obeisance to authority. You know, like they say, wear a mask and you say, screw you, you know, government. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to submit to government edicts, you know, um, so, uh, you know, and you know what else, you know, what's trending lately, Dr. Hoffman, what? I'm sure you've seen it too. Yeah. There in Manhattan, two masks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Two masks and a face shield. Right. Right. Which is, which a is probably goggles and a face shield. Yeah. Which is probably better, you know, bring on the hazmat suits. Yeah. I say, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's probably better. Um, Look, what they say, though, about masks is that masks are not perfect. Uh, they, I, I will admit that masks uh, do have a sort of a speed bump effect on the virus. They don't completely make you um, invulnerable. Uh, they don't nope. confer complete nope. protection. Uh, they also but say it's that... A yeah, they, but they say masks should also be combined with the social distancing... Uh, you know, to, to afford complete protection. And then let's not forget, you know, the possible benefits of the vaccine, but also uh, the benefits of proper nutrition and nutritional support. And then, you know, you kind of really complete your portfolio of protection. Yeah. Yeah. So Kathy says, maybe we all need to go in a hyperbaric chamber. What say you? Well, Interesting that you should mention that because there's actually a couple of new studies about hyperbaric oxygen. One uh, suggests that hyperbaric oxygen taken chronically uh, can slow the aging process itself. So, mm. you know, uh, and that would entail going into a hyperbaric chamber. It's not like just breathing oxygen, you know, like football players do on the sidelines because um, it has to be under pressure in a pressurized chamber. Uh, the other is that uh, there, I think some hospitals in Connecticut are using hyperbaric oxygen for the, the sickest of the COVID patients because their problem is that their lungs are all filled up with fluid and they it's hard to, even with a ventilator, get proper oxygenation of the tissues because the mm. lungs are so impaired they can't their uptake of oxygen is diminished. So under pressure, it kind of forces the oxygen into their systems. And they're saying that that could be one among many plausible therapies for severe COVID. So there, okay. there's something to that. There really is something to, I mean, I'm a big fan of hyperbaric oxygen. Um, yes. The problem is that uh, the chambers are fewer and far between. Uh, it's kind of a luxury treatment. It's expensive. Um, optimizers can afford to buy a subscription that may cost hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars for a series um, and sit in a chamber. But um, right now, the insurance reimbursement is really limited for it. You know, it, only under certain uh, for like wound healing. It, I think it's permitted, but it's not permitted for Alzheimer's, for example, or or post-stroke, I think it could be really beneficial post-stroke. You know, if anybody who can uh, afford to do it and if there's a, an apparatus uh, nearby uh, in the immediate aftermath of a stroke, I, I mean, if I were to get a stroke, I would definitely, definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kathy, thank you for that question. 
Let's see here. We've got one from Mary. In 2012, I had great success with the specific carbohydrate diet for IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. The stools were normal after three weeks. Now, the spring of 2020, diarrhea returns. I went on the diet and was okay after three weeks. Then a month later, diarrhea returned. And staying on the specific carbohydrate diet religiously, I still have symptoms. So because I wasn't getting better, I had a colonoscopy last November that showed, quote, colonic mucosa with patchy increased intraepithelial mm -hmm. lymphocytosis. Mm -hmm. The MD said I, it would get better on its own, right. but it hasn't. Would a FODMAP diet help me? Okay, so uh, what uh, they're talking about is something called microscopic colitis. In other words, uh, yeah. you know, when they use a scope, they, they visualize it. And, you know, they either see that you have, uh, you know, ulcerations uh, or cobblestoning, these changes that are characteristic of Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. Uh, but if they don't see anything, or if they see a little mild redness, they might take a biopsy, and then the biopsy will reveal that on microscopic level there's inflammation. And, you know, those terms that they used have to do with uh, hallmarks of inflammation, like lymphocytic infiltration. In other words, lots of white yeah. blood cells are rushing to, uh, to uh, the superficial tissue in the intestinal tract. And so what's interesting is that it turns out that some IBS may actually be a mild form of colitis. Uh, ah. So it's not like either you have okay. ulcerative colitis or you just have like uh, a nervous bowel. You know, they think, oh, this is like, it's like mental, you know, it's like a psychological yeah. thing. No, it's actually a very physical thing. There's inflammation there. And, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about the specific carbohydrate diet for people who are not familiar with what that is? The specific carbohydrate diet uh, is, in, it, in, in my world, the antidote uh, for inflammatory bowel disease, things like intractable diarrhea, as can happen with, uh, with IBS, if it's IBSD, meaning IBS with diarrhea, uh, predominantly diarrhea, not constipation. Right, as opposed to IBSC, which is the constipation variant of that. Yeah, Exactly. It removes, it removes foods that are problematic in the gut. And it's really removing disaccharides, uh, 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 polysaccharides, really grains, carbohydrates, and sugars, mm -hmm. with the exception of one sugar which is allowed, which is fructose. That's the natural sugar found in fruit and in real fruit juice. Mm -hmm. And by eating in this certain way, it can help the gut, the bowel, to heal. Mm-hmm. And that's what specific carbohydrate diet is good for. And you know what else specific carbohydrate diet is actually very good for that we found out in recent years? Intractable SIBO. Yeah. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So for people who have done a SIBO diet, low FODMAPs, everything else, and they're still not better, it could be specific carbohydrate diet mm -hmm. may be the answer. What, what else it's good for is it's also good for diverticulitis. Uh, oh, yes. help to reduce the incidence of, uh, you know, infections of the intestinal tract. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I got to say uh, that information has been out there, you know, for 20 years. And when I first started talking about it, uh, I was tipped off to this by my good colleague, Dr. Leo Galland, who I first began talking about it uh, after he discovered it from Elaine Gottschall, 
who is uh, yes. the developer of the specific carbohydrate diet, who's actually uh, a mom uh, who had a child who had uh, ulcerative colitis. Uh, and, uh, she, you know, she was told that her child needed surgery and she said, no, I'm going to try and find an alternative. And she, uh, tracked down, uh, a, a German trained, uh, American physician, uh, Dr. yes, uh, who, uh, uh, subscribed to the notion that changing diet could be helpful for ulcerative colitis. Anyway, she, she undertook that program with her child. Uh, her child normalized. Her child also had uh, symptoms that were uh, autism spectrum symptoms as well. Those resolved, mm. and hence the specific of a carbonate diet is often employed by the parents of autistic children. Um, anyway, uh, she wrote the book Breaking the Vicious Cycle. Uh, her daughter is fine. Uh, you know, she normalized on the diet, and it, this yes. diet has been out there for. Uh, a couple of decades at least. And when we see patients in our practice, um, sometimes we turn them onto the diet, but often they're the ones who have tried the diet and the diet uh, has been lacking. I mean, it's been helpful yes. up, up to a certain point. So we have to tweak it. And we, have we to might, tweak it. yeah, we might, uh, you know, treat uh, bacterial overgrowth or fungal overgrowth. We might add certain nutraceuticals, uh, which uh, help to heal the bowel. certain other things in the diet that are pro that may be problematic. Right. Yeah, I mean, know, for, for example, the, yeah. I, I'm sorry, the, the specific no. carbohydrate, carbohydrate diet includes yes, almonds some, some, and right. dairy. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. might get rid of that. Exactly, yeah. So, so exactly. there is not... Uh, it's not a one size fits all thing. And, you know, you're very expert right. in listening to patients and, you know, hearing what they do. And so some patients say, well, I'm going to have all these SED legal foods. And it turns out that uh, maybe they're not ready to have like uh, almond cookies or things like that. Or have, Exactly. You're not yeah. ready to have all those almond flour muffins and cookies every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's usually one of the first things to go. Right, so when the, having so sometimes yeah. the diet needs to be staged, uh, yep. you know, and, and we might make use of uh, in some certain probiotics, uh, certain anti-inflammatories, uh, certain um, you know, uh, gut immune system support. Uh, we might use yeah. low dose naltrexone, which is actually a prescription. You can't just buy that over the counter. Um, you know, terracotted fish oils. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, so. It, it, it's kind of a, it, it's not rocket science. It's kind of an art to um, use natural therapies for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. But we have a lot of experience with that. We like to work with patients with those conditions, and we have a pretty high success yes. rate. So, yeah, yeah. So, Mary, you need a consult. Yeah, I mean, I I wish that she simply would would have responded to some uh, diet information that you get on the internet, but. Sometimes you need to work with a uh, professional nutritionist and a medically oriented um, exactly. integrated physician. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because it's not always a matter of all the foods that are permitted to choose from. Not all of those foods are going to work for every individual. It's highly individual, too. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this is a good hey. point at which to pause because uh, we divide our podcast into two parts. And uh, Layla, give us a preview of what we're going to take up in part two.
uh, why are doctors using guilt, especially with seniors, into taking the vaccine by telling them that if they don't take it, they'll be putting other people at risk? Okay, we'll take up that question in part. It's a reasonable question. Um, we'll take up that question in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin, our nutritionist in residence. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Radio program at AOL.com gets you into our virtual doctor's office to pose a question. And we'll tackle more questions in just a moment. We'll be right back.